If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end... It's up to you, because only you can save your baby. Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling, and welcome to today's edition of Real Christianity. I have entitled today's message, Wonderful Things, Part 1, because for the next two programs, we're going to discuss and explore and I pray embrace the wonderful things God does for those of us who love Him. Before we begin, let me thank you for listening. Before I graduated from law school, I graduated from Bible college, so sharing the incomparable Word of God has been my passion and my privilege for over 30 years. Today I want to tell you, and I want to remind you, and to remind myself, of the wonderful things God has prepared for those of us who love Him. Wonderful things. This topic reminds me of a discovery in Egypt of the tomb of the Pharaoh Tutankhamun. The Pharaohs lived 3,000 years ago, and for thousands of years, many men searched the Egyptian desert for the tombs of the Pharaohs. These men would lay awake at night, camped out in the Egyptian desert, under the star-filled sky and dream of the wealth and riches they would find if they could just discover the tomb of one of the pharaohs. Emeralds, rubies, gold, the dream of finding those riches drove them on day after day, month after month, year after year. Some of these men spent small fortunes, all they had, searching for a pharaoh's treasure and found nothing. Others found a tomb and excitedly opened it, only to find that centuries earlier, the grave robbers had found the tomb and looted it. Nothing remained of value. The jewels, all gone. The golden vessels, all gone, stolen. Nothing was left but sand and dust. In 1881, a 17-year-old boy from England came to the desert His name was Howard Carter. He was first employed to copy the drawings found in Egypt, and later he began a search for an undiscovered tomb. He searched and dug in the desert sand for years. He was sponsored by a rich Englishman named Lord Carnarvon. 
and after years of searching, Lord Carnarvon was ready to quit. But Howard Carter pleaded for one more year of searching. Carnarvon reluctantly agreed the year was 1921. Knowing it was his last chance, Howard Carter began digging near a previously discovered site. As he and his workmen dug, on the fourth day they uncovered a step carved into the rock leading down into the desert sand. Excitedly they dug further and discovered twelve steps leading downward to a sealed door. Could it be the entrance to a pharaoh's tomb? Prior to that time, various pharaoh's tombs had been discovered, but they had been victimized by grave robbers and the contents looted centuries earlier. Here, the door was still shut with seals 3,000 years later. Could it be that a pharaoh's treasure lay behind it? Carter quickly cabled Lord Carnarvon to come back to Egypt and witness the opening of the tomb. Two days later, everyone was present as Carter made a small hole in the sealed door. Warm, ancient air came out, smelling of incense. Carter carefully reached inside, holding a lit candle, and put his eye to the hole, peering into the tomb. The candle flickered, and at first his eye was unaccustomed to the darkness. Finally, he was able to see. Standing outside, next to him, Lord Carnarvon asked impatiently, Can you see anything? Yes, Carter replied. I see wonderful things. Wonderful things. Carter had discovered the tomb of the pharaoh Tutankhamun. His tomb was by far the best preserved tomb of an Egyptian pharaoh ever discovered. It was filled with gold and precious jewels. Most of the men searching for treasure in the Egyptian desert found only dust and sand. Howard Carter found the treasure of Tutankhamun, yet his life was ultimately unfulfilled. He gave his whole life to the search for a pharaoh's treasure. It was for him priority number one. Yet there is no mention that Howard Carter knew Jesus as Lord and Savior. He was searching for treasure and found it, but from God's point of view, it was a misdirected search for the wrong kind of treasure. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, Jesus said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust do corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. These men in the Egyptian desert were seeking something. All men and women are seeking something. Howard Carter was seeking something, and you and I are seeking something. The question is, are we seeking the right thing? And are we looking in the right place? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said to us, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. What could Howard Carter have learned from this scripture? And what can we learn from this scripture? Let me share with you some of the verses that lead up to verse 33, which I just read. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 25. I say unto you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. 
Is not the life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, Jesus said, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add one inch to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you little faith? Therefore I say, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be given to you by your heavenly Father. You know, this is the generation that loves to go shopping at the mall. Like most things, shopping can be overdone. It can become a problem, but I don't think there's anything wrong with going to the mall. I don't think there's anything wrong with that in moderation. Shopping is fun. It's fun to look for clothing or for a pair of shoes. It's fun to look for big things, too a house, a car, a boat. It's enjoyable to imagine how much fun we will receive from these things. And God is not against people having fun. In fact, I believe God loves to bless his children. And that blessing clearly includes food and clothing and a place to live. And sometimes it can include ski trips and vacations, houses, boats and cars, and even at one period in my life, an airplane. All these things are things that God can give us. Now, isn't it better to receive such things with thanks to God for his great kindness rather than to imagine we got them for ourselves? The next time you walk into a supermarket, look at how much food is there. It's piled to the ceiling. We usually take this for granted, but most places in the world do not have markets with food piled to the ceiling food piled to the ceiling. God has blessed America with so much food that one of our biggest problems is how not to get fat. Food piled to the rafters. Shouldn't we look at all that and say, thank you, my God. You have so provided for us. When I look around me, I see God has blessed us with things. I see some people have new or newer cars. Some people have fishing boats and wakeboard boats. Some people take vacations. Some people own bicycles or motorcycles. Some people have HD televisions, iPods, and cell phones. God blesses us with these things. And it's natural to look forward to receiving the things God blesses us with, but here's the key. Jesus said, seek first, not things, not houses, cars, boats, clothes, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. These things, food, clothing, given by God, all gifts from God. What an amazing truth, and it's only possible if you and I see that we can get things that come from God's generosity. So let me ask you this and take a little test with me. Do you have a car? If so, what was the source? If you answer, 
I bought this car myself, and I pay for it each month with my hard-earned money. Then I think you may be missing a bigger picture, a bigger truth. I believe my car is a gift to me from God, and the money to pay for the car payment? You guessed it, a gift from God. The Bible confirms my belief. Here's what David said concerning how his people got the promised land. It's found in, in Psalms 44, verse 3. For my people did not conquer the promised land with their swords. They did not win the land by their own power. No, it was by your power and your strength, O God, by the assurance of your presence, which showed them that you loved them. The Bible teaches that the promised land was a gift from God. Its fields, its wells, its fruit trees, its houses, all these things were gifts from God to his people. And here's my point. If you see that the things in your life come from God, not just basic things like clothes to wear and food to eat, a place to live, but also fun things too, like a vacation or a wakeboard boat or a fun car or an HDTV or an iPod, if you can see such things as gifts from a loving God, then it's easier to live, as Jesus said to, to seek first the kingdom of God, knowing that all these things, these other things, will be added to us in due time by our Heavenly Father. Now, I am not saying that everything people get comes from God. God does not give people illegal drugs, pornography, things that hurt, kill, degrade, or enslave people. We have free will, and we can make bad choices, choices that God doesn't approve of. We can spend too much. We can buy things God doesn't want us to have. But what I am saying that, that is, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, if you seek to live a righteous and godly life following Jesus, God will provide for you, and he can bless you with things as you walk with him. I have an iPod. I use it to listen to Christian worship songs when I'm at the gym. Because I use it that way, I am sure it's God's gift to me because I use it in my worship of Him. I would rather have an iPod that God gave me than one I, quote, bought for myself. Of course, we don't get all we want. And thank God for that. People who buy anything and everything they want usually end up pretty miserable. We don't get all we ask for from God, but we get a lot, and most of it we don't thank Him for. It's been said that gratitude or thankfulness is the source of all happiness. The Bible says in Psalms 100 verse 4, Enter into the Lord's gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. People perhaps are not as happy as they might be because they are not as grateful as they should be. Gratitude is a source of all happiness. When we are grateful to God, we are filled with happiness. So that's what I'm calling on us to do, to see all He does for us every day and be thankful. I hope you are enjoying our teaching on real Christianity. If you have questions concerning today's topic, or you would like to receive a free copy of today's message on CD, just call us at 
4444. That's 916-ALL-4s. Or you can visit our website at www.MyRealChristianity.com. That's MyRealChristianity.com. On the website, you will find a list of all our past programs. You can choose whatever is helpful to you. Programs like How to Lead Someone to Christ, How to Start Your Day with God, The Lord's Prayer, Faith, and Seven Things God Loves to Hear You Say. Now, let's get back to today's teaching. Thank you, darling. We have been talking about some of the wonderful things God gives us. Gives to you and I, food to eat, clothes to wear, a place to live. We've talked about vacations, wakeboard boats, HD TVs and cell phones. At one time or another, I have bought and paid for all these type of things, yet I regard them all as gifts from my Heavenly Father. Why do I see them as gifts if I paid for them? Because the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. This verse is usually thought of as describing spiritual gifts, but it also describes the gifts God gives us and provides for us. And consider what Paul the Apostle said in Acts chapter 14, verse 17 to the people of Lystra. In generations past, God permitted all nations to go their own way, yet God did not neglect to leave some witness of himself. For he did you good and showed you kindness and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with nourishment and happiness. God gave them fruitful seasons. God has given me fruitful seasons too, and I pray he has given you fruitful seasons and will continue to do so. I see everything I have as a gift from God. Now, I am not so short-sighted, so carnal, so stupid, so blind, so proud, so ungrateful as to believe I got these gifts, these fruitful seasons, by my own power. To the things we've discussed as gifts from God, I would add these, my loving wife, my dear children and grandchildren, my mom, now 87 years young, all gifts from God. I can add more, the sun that rose this morning, the beautiful blue sky, the air I breathe, all gifts from God. For these things, I am enormously grateful to my dear and loving Heavenly Father. Thank you, my God. And yet I have res reserved to the last what I think is the greatest gift God gives us in this world. Can you guess what it is? It is his presence living in me, and I pray living in you too, his gentle, comforting companionship everywhere I go. I hope you and I can start seeing things in this new way. It will change our lives and fill us with gratitude towards God and happiness, because gratitude is the source of all true happiness. Let me show you how this might work in our lives every day. I was working on this message and returning on an airplane from a business trip. The airplane landed safely. Thank you, God, for not all airplanes land safely. I walked to my car and put the key in the ignition and the car started. 
thank you, God, because one time I left on a small reading light and the car wouldn't start. I called my wife. Everyone was well. Thank you, God, for last month my mother was ill. I went home to my faithful and loving wife, Lisa. Thank you for her love and faithfulness, dear God, for not all wives love their husbands. My home was warm and dry and the lights were on. Thank you, Father. Many people in the world don't have a home. At my home, there was good food to eat. Thank you, God, for your provision of food for me and my family. That night I slept in my bed. Thank you, God, I have a bed. Probably half of the world doesn't have what we would consider a bed to sleep in. This morning I awoke. Thank you, God, I am healthy. My heart is beating strongly. I called my office and spoke to my staff. Thank you, God, for such loyal and bright people who help me every day. I drove to KFIA to the studio and recorded this program. Lord, thank you for KFIA and its wonderful staff. People like Steve Gasser, Ruth Bernard, people who help make this program possible. This is just a small example of the many things God gives to me and does for me every day. Every day, at least a thousand things He does for me. Would you like to see all God does for you every day? Do you want a heart of gratitude? Then pray with me. Father, show me all you do for me. Help me be grateful to you in Jesus' name. We here at Real Christianity hope that today's message was a blessing to you. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's myrealchristianity.com. Here is a final thought from Mosley. You know, I don't want to end this broadcast without inviting you, my dear listener, to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that when Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth, his own received him not, but as many as did receive him, to all who believed in him, to them he gave the power and the right to become the children of God. They were born again and receive the wonderful gift of eternal life. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, but you would receive him now into your heart and life, pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer, the Bible teaches you are born again. You have Christ as your Savior, and you have eternal life as you follow Him. If you want more help, please visit our website at myrealchristianity.com or call me at 916-ALL-FOURS. May God richly bless you, and I'll be here with you again next week. Thank you for listening, and until next week, may God bless you always.
If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. 